Hi, this is Brendan, and thanks for listening to The Collect Call. Holly and I are still on Easter break, but we are bringing you a digitally remastered version of our episode from two years ago for the fourth Sunday of Easter. A couple things before we get to that show, though. First, I'm just going to plug again the E-Formation Conference happening at Virginia Theological Seminary from June 6th through the 8th. I'm excited, and you should be too. Find out more at eformationvts.org. Also, Holly and I are still working out plans for what the third season of The Collect Call is going to look like, and uh, we'd love to hear from you about ideas that you have. Are there liturgical mysteries that you would like cleared up? Is there a favorite prayer in the Book of Common Prayer, or maybe lesser feasts and fasts uh, that you would like us to talk about? Let us know on Twitter, at The Collect Call, or send us an email at thecollectcall at acts8movement.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 moment, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. Before we get started, let's take a second to introduce ourselves. I am Holly Powell, and I am a member of Church of the Holy Trinity in Georgetown, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is uh, about the Collect of the Week. The Collect of the Week, uh, if you're a new listener, is a uh, short prayer uh, that occurs near the beginning of Uh, of our Sunday services, and its purpose is to sort of set a tone for the week. But it's one of the easier uh, segments of the service to miss if you're not paying attention. So uh, this podcast is intended to spend some time uh, reflecting on those prayers and uh, what they mean might mean for us and for our lives. Collect is a a bit of a funny-sounding word, but it is spelled uh, the same way as collect, like you may collect Barbie dolls or Star Wars action figures. I just want to go ahead and point out to the folks listening at home that probably my favorite part of this podcast every week is listening for what Brendan comes up with on what you might collect. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to be clear that I do not actually collect any item. That, that has been referenced on the podcast so far, especially not Precious Moments figurines from episode one. I actually, my favorite, I think, is Franklin Mint Plates. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are, are we ready to uh, jump into the collect here? <laughs> I think we probably should. All right. So uh, the collect for the fourth Sunday of Easter. you read it for us? Sure. And if you're following along at home, uh, you can find this on page 225 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, whose Son Jesus is the Good Shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, this prayer is for what is sometimes referred to in the church as Good Shepherd Sunday, which is Easter 4. 
Yeah, and that comes from uh, the readings that show up in the lectionary for this week. So uh, in both lectionary or in lectionary years A, B, and C, you'll get a selection from John chapter 10, which uh, reflects on uh, Jesus as the good shepherd. And in year B, uh, Ezekiel 34, uh, which is also about sheep, will uh, show up, but we won't be hearing that this year. And, And don't we also get Psalm 23 this time? I believe so. Yeah, I think we do. It seems like we would, but I didn't check the psalm. Hold on. I'm going there. (laughs) I I only know this because I'm preaching on this Sunday. Yes, it's Psalm 23. Oh, awesome. All right. I'll look forward to your sermon. Holly, I think this is my favorite prayer we have done so far. Really? Tell me more about that. I am really drawn uh, to the phrase, who calls us each by name. That one has such rich scriptural allusions in that uh, there's a direct reference to John chapter 10 there. Uh Um, You also can't help but thinking during Easter season uh, about how Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus uh, at the tomb and does not recognize who he is until he calls her by name. And then this may torture the Hebrew a little bit, but I also tied it myself to the line in Jeremiah, Lord, you are in the midst of us and we are called by your name, uh, which uh, is from Jeremiah 14.9, and that piece of scripture uh, appears in the service of Compline as well. And so we have uh, the idea of Jesus calling us by our names, whether our personal names or Mary Magdalene by her name, uh, but then also uh, this question of our own identity, uh, of us being called by God's name as well, and and assuming uh, that identity as Christians as well. I, I just, I'm just kind of bowled over by that phrase. I love it. I, I love this shepherd metaphor. And a random side note, I mentioned that I'm, I'm actually preaching on this uh, Sunday about this material, but one of my very first sermons as a lay person, what, well, as any person <laughs> was on a Good Shepherd Sunday as well, I started doing this research about sheep and and sheep's behavior. I found it so interesting. I'm sure the people in the congregation were completely bored by my bizarro ranting about the way that sheep behave. But And we can throw a link to the the text of the sermon in our notes uh, for the show if you're fascinated in reading this. (laughs) Uh, one of the things that I learned is that that sheep actually have a very uh, a very well developed memory and a very long term memory, and they do recognize humans, specifically those humans who have fed them in the past. Calling back to the collect from last week about the bread, and if they if they know that they have gotten food from you in the past, they will follow you. How interesting is that? <laughs> I, I think it's a good thing to give sheep uh, a lot of credit here, uh, because one of the things that I was thinking about as I uh, as I read this prayer, and and I unabashedly do love this prayer, but if I'm looking at it from the outside as a uh, as as a critic of the church or a critic of religion in general, you know, the the, the thought that immediately occurred to me was you know the the, the term sheeple, right. Uh, as a derogatory term for for people who will just take what's given to them uh, and and be unquestioning, 
And and that term really doesn't give enough credit to sheep who uh, who are inclined to follow a shepherd, but on any kind of signal that shepherd is unreliable, are not going to uh, are not going to follow. I and mean, sheep are discerning followers, I guess. Right, right. And and we also want to give some credit to the sheep because, of course, in this prayer we are said sheep, and we don't like to think of ourselves as being uh, blind followers to some leader. But I think what you said there um, about being discerning is really interesting because this is really a prayer about discernment. Uh, It's a prayer about listening for God's voice and knowing when we hear it. You know, discernment is a word that I think gets thrown around the church a lot. And often I, I have not reacted particularly positively to it uh, because, you know, you're an accountant, I'm an investment analyst. You know, my, my inclination is not to discern things. My inclination is to, is to know things. Right. Or to decide. To analyze them. Yes. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that we did in Lent uh, at my parish was we uh, started our, our, our rector, um, Suzanne Willie, started a uh, basic discipleship class, uh, which got a really incredibly high level of interest. Uh, a lot of people came, which was wonderful. And in this basic discipleship class, which is part of a uh, part of the uh, restoration project, uh, which we'll uh, we'll post a link to, so you can find out more about that. It's about establishing a rhythm of life around prayer, worship, uh, service, giving, and discernment, and particularly with regard to discernment, uh, the phrase uh, that stuck out uh, to me, and this was in discernment around service, is trying to identify that place where your deep joy as a person and the world's deep need intersect with one another. And it was really kind of that phrase that I think has changed my heart a bit uh, on the idea of discernment. Uh, because that's something bigger than what I can analyze. That that's a, a matter of the heart, a matter for prayer, and uh, and so I guess that's kind of where I am on discernment these days. I'm, I'm no discernment f- uh, expert, um, and I'm not even sure I'm a proponent yet. Um, but I've gotten away from uh, outright skepticism. <laughs> well, let me tell you about a book that I have read that has changed my thought on discernment. I have always, I guess coming into the church as an adult, whenever I heard the term discernment, I believed it to be um, related to a person trying to decide if they wanted to go into the priesthood, right? That's what discernment meant to me, because when I first joined the Episcopal Church, there was a discernment committee active in my parish with a particular person who is now an ordained clergy person. But then I read this book called Listening Hearts, and Listening Hearts is an absolutely incredible, it's short, uh, it's maybe 75 pages, but it is a book about how to use the tools of discernment in any kind of decision making in which you would like God's input. Hopefully many of your decisions do require God's input, maybe not so much what's for dinner, but kind of bigger picture questions. And it 
it appeals to me as a as a concrete thinker that it has things like a little checklist and I don't have the book near me or I would read some of them to you but but it has these little things like if if you're considering this decision and you feel this you might have discerned something <laughs> but if you feel this then you probably didn't discern something and and um, I really got into that and I've been using those practices uh, quite a bit in my life and um, so yeah listening hearts it's a fantastic book you can find it on Amazon or, or your local independent bookstore if that's your jam um, it's worth taking a look at you know I, I have read that book um, it's been some time but I uh, served on a, a discernment committee uh, for a uh, person who went on uh, to become ordained uh, as a deacon and I did find at that time uh, that the discernment process um, which really follows closely that listening hearts model um, is is pretty powerful and it's sort of a shame that we really only use that process um, within the church or at least only commonly use that process around uh, around questions related to ordination yeah I agree completely you know one thing I was thinking about and this relates back to the discernment question is, uh, so we, we, we listen for Jesus' voice, uh, but then also follow where he, he might lead. Where I think discernment comes into that is the prayer is pretty vague on this where Jesus might lead us. And, you know, there are a lot of possibilities uh, if you just look in the Gospels of what a life uh, following Jesus uh, might look like. Because you have things like uh, the Jesus uh, journey to the cross. There are uh, There's Jesus literally being sort of airlifted through a roof into uh, the homes uh, of people who, who need to be healed. There's Jesus breaking bread with, uh, with tax collectors and, and sinners. Um, cool. There's Jesus who offers forgiveness to others from the cross, and there's uh, following Jesus to uh, new resurrected life. Th this prayer, you know, the idea of following Jesus isn't shutting down ways of living uh, so much as opening up uh, faithful possibilities. I, I, uh, I, I just keep thinking about the the corollaries between this collect and the collect from from last week, the third Sunday of Easter, both about being open to seeing or hearing God or Jesus in ways that you aren't already. The last week's prayer was about opening our eyes so that, that we will know Jesus when we see him. Uh, this prayer is about help us know when we hear his voice, that it's him talking to us. I, I just find that such a really practical application of our faith if you really believe that each person has something uh, of God within them. What are you listening for and what are you looking for? And how can you, how can you find that spark of Jesus within each person? Right. Yeah. The, both of these prayers uh, are, are are saying that you know um, that that not not to be looking for Jesus in the stained glass window uh, or on the crucifix. Uh, as important as worship is to the absolute grounding of our faith um, and our lived faith, uh, but this both of those prayers really talk about finding and looking for and encountering Jesus in the world. 
what's what's the phrase from Easter two again? Live out in our lives what we profess in our faith. Uh, I believe it's show for. Uh, hang on. It is may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Yeah. So so it seems like that these these prayers are are intentionally drawing us out of the kind of self-reflection of Lent into the exuberance of the world at large. And, and I, I really like the trajectory and I'm, I am not spoiling myself. I have not read ahead the next two weeks of prayers, but, but I'm hoping I'm, I'm looking to see if there's going to be, if this common thread will continue. Yeah, you know, the last thing I expected when we started this podcast was that we were going to see a dramatic arc in the prayers. <laughs> but I think we are. I think we are. It's happening. <laughs> so, and, and as it turns out, uh, you know, so we started off this podcast uh, praying prayers that were uh, 1,400 years old, and uh, last week's prayer is not quite 100 years old, uh, but this prayer is pretty new. It was written uh, for the 1979 Book of Common Prayer by the Reverend Dr. Uh, Massey H. Shepard, uh, Jr., uh, and Shepard was one of the uh, major architects of the 1979 Book of Common Prayer, uh, was a faculty member of the uh, Church Divinity School of the Pacific. I, I think we're close to the same age, so we are contemporaries of this prayer. Yes, I was alive when this prayer was written. Yeah, I probably was too, given that it was probably written before it was published. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was not Episcopalian when this prayer was. All right, so Holly, are you ready I. for the Twitter chat? But they were they knew we were coming. I am ready, but that's I right. have to tell you that. Well, no, I think my, that's uh, awesome. You know, this no, dude wrote my, fa- my favorite yes, prayer when I was three years old. <laughs> All right. Aww. So, or, or my favorite, my favorite. No disclaimer. So I, I can't call this my favorite favorite <laughs> prayer, but it's uh, my favorite one. We've so here's my tweet of the week, and it is: God is speaking to me every day. When I hear His voice. Will I know who is talking to me? Hashtag collect of the week. Hashtag acts eight. That's good. Hey, thanks. So here's mine. God, grant me ears to hear your voice, courage to set my course where you lead, and friendly woolly companions. Hashtag Easter four. Hashtag good shepherd. I would like a character count on that tweet. 133. <laughs> That is impressive. I especially like the part about the woolly companions. I think sheep are great. They're my favorite state fair animals. <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite state fair animal, but they're up there. I mean, I, they're up there. So we have um, a little bit of a of a shout out to give this week. We wanted to say thanks to Nuria Love Parish, who on Twitter declared that we were her official favorite podcast as she was listening to us while driving to her diocesan convention in Western Michigan. Uh, we are so glad that we could keep you company and that you did not run off the road in horror after listening to us. I'm so glad that we can be like the official podcast of the Diocesan Convention of Western Michigan. Right? I know. It's pretty cool. 
So, and I want to give a big thanks uh, to Kyle Oliver, who is one of the people behind uh, the Easter People podcast, which uh, you should totally be listening to, because uh, he and I have been uh, exchanging uh, notes on Twitter, and he's been helping uh, me out with some ideas on audio. Uh, So hopefully as this podcast goes on, the quality will be uh, getting better. And speaking of going on, we are, as we said earlier, this is a pilot project of the Acts 8 moment, which is a group that is proclaiming a resurrection in the Episcopal Church. You can find us on the web at acts8moment.org, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash acts8moment, again, the number 8, or on Twitter at acts8moment. And we want to keep going with this podcast, but we really want your feedback, and uh, Brendan and I were talking before we recorded tonight about the possibility of having some special guest stars come into the studio to, uh, to talk to you guys about prayers. So uh, we want your feedback so that we can keep going with this. So please let us know what you're thinking about it on the blog, on the website. Um, the blog is the website. Uh, <laughs> on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, or leave a review on iTunes if you have subscribed to us that way. Our theme music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. You can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And for our next podcast, Brendan and I will actually not be recording this over the magic of the interwebs, as we usually do, but we will be recording live from the X8 executive team gathering in Columbus, Ohio. And until then... Thanks for listening, and Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in His hand Christ our God to earth descend our full homage to